When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Saquon Barkley was born on February 9th, 1997 and was drafted by the New York Football Giants with the second pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. And after breaking multiple league and franchise records and winning the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year award in 2018, he looks to continue being the league's best running back. This is previewing the Giants. David double underscore Powis. It is Monday. We are playing an actual, legitimate, regular season football game this week. Our roster cuts are officially finished. How are you doing today? Well, at jpenic 74 I'm doing excellent. There's nothing left. We've made it. We have did it. We did it. You and I, we, we did it. Done it. Just us. Nobody else. We did it. All on our own. There's actually a part of me, we'll break this down more in our regular episode, which will be out tomorrow, by the way. If you're wondering, it's it's Monday. Why are you not talking about an actual game? Why are you not talking about the final 53-man roster? Well, we're going to keep you in suspense for one more day. We have a player preview, which is today. You're listening to this right now. Previewing the Giants series, which will be wrapping up this week, by the way. And then um, tomorrow, so Tuesday, we will have our regular episode. But there's a part of me, David, where... I don't even want the regular season to start because we've been talking about literally since like almost every single week since the summer began. We've been talking about what this team is going to look like, what we want it to look like, what we think is going to happen, and not just what we think is going to happen, but how this team can succeed. I think that we've done a very good job this summer of talking about how can the Giants succeed with what they have right now in a day without Beckham, in a day without Collins, in a day without Snacks, you know, all of these guys that we've lost. How can the Giants be successful? And there's a lot of optimism, but there's a part of me that I don't even want it to start because I don't want any of it to go wrong because <laughs> right now we're 0-0. Very true. <laughs> so, Very true. I, 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 it's a... Justin, it's an occupational hazard. You got you to put your thoughts out there and put your heart into your thoughts, and then you never know if you're going to be wrong. But, Justin, I know you yeah. said that we're going we're gonna to keep everybody in suspense for one day, one more day about the 53-man roster, but I need to give a little sneak peek, okay? I have a very bold prediction. Okay. My bold prediction is that Saquon Barkley is on the roster. Wow. That's a – wow. <laughs> I, I know. I, you know, I, it's cause I watched a lot of film on the guy – I, I love what he did in the preseason. Um, <laughs> I think he, I, I really think he, he played his way on the team and it was tough. He had to beat out Paul Perkins, but it was, t- it was tough. I think, but I think he did it. <laughs> it was, it was really good. That was really good. Thank you. Now, Justin, grace, graciously accept my segue and let's get started. Yeah, let's, let's, let's do it. Um, David, actually, here's a, here's, here's a, here's a quick question though. Yeah. 
if if ESPN the Body Magazine would approach you and asked you to uh, do a photo shoot for them, would you do it? Look, if they if they approach me to do to do the body issue, that's on them. That that's their fault, not mine. If they could do it with Prince Fielder, I think they could do it with like anybody. I agree. Although I think Prince Fielder, Prince Fielder, it was like a shtick. You know, I I don't know if they just want like normal guy flab. You know, that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna categorize my body as normal guy flab. <laughs> <laughs> So here was Saquon Barkley's uh, season in statistics, and there's a decent amount of st- statistics that we are going to read, but it's not going to be overwhelming like the Eli Manning episode. So here's our simple stats. Uh, he had a, a 261 rushes total. That's an average of about 16 rushes rushing attempts per game. He had about 1,300 yards, 11 touchdowns, 5 yards per attempt, 82 yards per game. 121 targets, which is a lot of targets. Yeah. Uh, 91 catches, which is also a lot of catches. What was it? Two or three receptions short of the Odell Beckham Jr. 2014 record of the of uh, breaking a total receptions for a rookie. So very close. 721 receiving yards. Averaged about eight yards per reception for receiving touchdowns. He had a total of 15 touchdowns on the season now some of his a little bit more advanced analytics are as follows as i pull it up on my phone so saquon barkley received an overall grade of i'm sorry overall pro football focus grade of 85.9 which was fourth among running backs but you also have to remember when evaluating grades for pro football focus like for example nick chubb was the highest graded running back by pro football by pro football focus, but you also have to take into account that Nick Chubb did not play an entire season's worth of football like Saquon Barkley did. However, when pro football when pro football focus ranked their running backs, they did rank Saquon Barkley as the best running back in the league. So just because he isn't the top graded running back in the league does not mean that he is the fourth best running back in the league. So a lot of people had a, a criticism towards pro football focus this offseason over that. That is why. Does that make sense, David? It does, Justin. Thank you for explaining. No problem. No, because a lot of people get mad at pro football focus, and I yeah, think yeah. It, it, it makes sense to explain why they <clears throat> do certain things. So as a receiver, David, Saquon Barkley had a total of 31 forced missed tackles as a receiver from the 2018 regular season. And remember, 31. So James Conner and actually Golden Tate, they were second and third on this list with 23. So that's a difference of eight. That is a that is a drastic difference. Um, for total on the entire season as a receiver and as a running back, Saquon gained 872 yards after contact, which is which is kind of insane. Let's actually let's actually do the math, David. That's approximately 43% of his total yards, including rushing and receiving yards. 43% of his total yards came after contact. And that gives you an idea of a couple of things. One, it gives you an idea of how he was being used in the receiving game. And two, that gives you an idea of how bad the offensive line for the Giants was last season. But it also just tells you how good Saquon Barkley was. Well, no, absolutely, of course. But if he's relatively close to half of his yards come off of coming after he's been hit. That means this is not a guy who's walking through gaping holes. This is not somebody like Ezekiel Elliott who is benefiting from an offensive line that's moving people out of the way. So it gives you an idea of how good Saquon is, but how much better he might be with the offensive line the Giants have put together this year. 
David, you bring up a great point of bringing up Ezekiel Elliott because I really want to take, it's actually very good timing because I really want to take at least maybe two minutes here to absolutely shit on Ezekiel Elliott. Any opportunity to get shit on a Cowboy player, I'm all about it. So Saquon Barkley averaged five yards per attempt last year, which is solid. I mean, I, I think if you're if you're averaging around five yards per attempt as a running back, like that's absolutely fantastic. Now, you would want to see his yards per reception go up maybe a little bit more because that was around 7.9. That was around eight yards per reception. You want that to go up. But a lot of people like to, to guess up Ezekiel Elliott when he does not deserve it. He does not deserve it. Remember, Saquon Barkley had 261 rushing attempts. David, do you want to guess how many rushing attempts Ezekiel Elliott had in 2018? Um, at least 300. You, you are correct in saying that. Okay. I'm going to guess that Ezekiel Elliott had 315 carries. You were close. No cigar. You were right with saying at least over 300. He had 304. Oh, okay. So, David, that's that's over a 40-carry difference. And Ezekiel Elliott had 1,430 yards. Saquon Barkley had 1,300 yards. <laughs> Now, the yards per attempt isn't that starchingly different because Ezekiel Elliott had a 4.7 yards per attempt. But in 2017, where he was really, really graded poorly by pro football focus, he had 4.1 yards per attempt. Granted, he did not play that entire season. He played 10 games because of the whole suspension issues and whatnot. But David, Ezekiel Elliott is relevant by the volume of touches that he gets. It's a great point. And, and I think... We, you have talked so much, Justin, about why you, especially a while ago, why you're, why you're so frustrated by Barkley at number two is the value of the running back. The value of the running back is is not what it once was, is low. It, it's it's a reckless pick. Ezekiel Elliott is the reason. Is he, a guy like Ezekiel Elliott is the reason why a running back is not a valuable pick in the NFL today. A guy like Saquon Barkley is very different. And, and that, that's been my point with Saquon the whole time. He brings a lot more to the table, and flat out, he's better. So I think Ezekiel Elliott is the kind of running back why you say the value at running back at number two is, is it's just not. Because a lot of running backs today are based solely on volume. I think Saquon transcends that. Yeah, so, you know, really, what, what, good are, what good are you doing if your running back is, you know, averaging, you know, four yards four and a half yards per carry. And right. when you could actually throw the ball, when you're averaging eight yards plus every single time you throw the ball. So that's why there's an, a significant argument of why the running back position is devalued. However, I'm starting to come behind the idea if and when Saquon is used correctly, he could be such a valuable asset to this Giants offense and to the league, especially when Daniel Jones comes in and starts, um, that he is that Saquon Barkley is going to be used that is according to the league's trends. And I'm just super excited for it. So, David, we kind of read some, you know, some a little bit of more advanced analytics about yards after catch, yards after contact, um, his receiving grade, his overall grade, why his overall grade was maybe slightly lower than some others with smaller sample sizes. We got the chance to shit on um Ezekiel Elliott. Um why don't you give us your overall thoughts on Saquon Barkley's 2018 season, and then we can kind of head towards more of like an analysis portion. 
anybody who tells you that Saquon is not the best running back in the NFL is wrong. I think in one season, he made that abundantly clear. And I want everyone to keep in mind, Saquon did all of this on what was not a very good team, just flat out, not a good team. It was a team that, that found itself behind in a lot of football games, which in theory should mean that running numbers, running rushing stats will suffer because you're playing from behind all game. That's a great point. So he's playing on a team that was behind, playing on a team with, with virtually no offensive line for a large portion of the season. Now I get it. Last year's offensive line was probably ultimately better than we've seen in previous years, especially in the running game. I understand that. Um, additions, the additions of Hernandez and the additions of and, and Solder, they gelled. Jamon Brown kind of played, serve, you know, he was serviceable for a large portion of the second half of the year. I get that. But look, let's be honest, it's, it was still not a good offensive line. Um, he, managed all, he managed all of that. He also managed to do all of this with a receiver on the team that took a large portion of touches away. I want to point something out, and I think I'm, I'm, I may be jumping the gun a little bit to our analysis, Justin, but if you'll allow me to, let's just go for it. Yeah, we're, we're in it, David. We're, we're analyzing. I, I had, I've been saying how I think this team found, is, is, has found its identity. It just so happens to be an identity that, a, identity that a lot of people don't want to admit because it's not the quote-unquote trend of the league. Take a look. If you, if you look at full stats for the year, there were, in 2018, there were actually more... Let me ask you something, Justin. If you had to guess how many games Saquon Barkley rushed under 50 yards, how many would you say? It had to be at least like five or... There, there, were, there were a few games of duds, but for... Because I had him on my fantasy team. So, you know, when you combine the number of touchdowns he scored, and if you combine the fact that he was in a PPR league, um, you know, he gets all these dump-offs every single game. I'm going to say at least five to seven. He had seven. Oh, wow. Of those seven games that he rushed under 50 yards, there were only two games that he had less than five receptions. And in those games that, that he had less than five receptions, he had four in each of them. And he was targeted over six times. The Giants last season completely understood what kind of team they have to be. They understood they have to be a team that gets the ball to this guy, to this player. It just so happened that Odell Beckham made it very difficult to fully invest in that plan. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that's Odell Beckham's fault. I'm not I'm not ragging on him. My point is Odell Beckham took a large share of opportunities away from him. They could not fully invest themselves in a game plan that when they're executing is an extremely successful offense when Saquon Barkley is being utilized to his fullest capacity. In a lot of those games that he ran, ran for under 50 yards, he was targeted over, over nine times. He, he, he had eight or nine receptions. That those were his highest receiving games. So Pat Shermer and the Giants' offense understood if Saquon Barkley's not getting the running lanes, lanes we're still going to find a way to get him the ball. And everybody had always been focusing on find a way to get Odell Beckham the ball, get him a screen pass, get, do this with him, you know, get Evan Ingram the ball on screen pass. It's all about getting the receivers on on get on the receiver's hands. No, it's about getting the ball in Saquon Barkley's hands because he's better than everybody on the football field at all times. Now, David, this even includes for you, because we were talking about with Eli Manning, the whole idea of check out check downs and dump offs, right? 
This even includes for you. You're you're one that doesn't mind so much the amount of checkdowns and dump offs that Saquon Barkley receives because of the fact that he led the league in missed tackles. He let he was a, one of the league's best in yards after catch. You know the dude is just elite with the ball in his hands. So you're you're saying that you don't mind as much the volume that he gets in the passing game because he can do such great things with the ball in his hands. Is that your overall point? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you look at it, and um, I'm, I'm just looking quickly. The game against Dallas. Obviously, we all know what happened that game against Dallas. That That's an outlier game because I think the week two game, nothing's working. That, that was a complete disaster offensively. But 16 targets, 14 catches. Against the Saints, eight targets, six catches. Nine yards a reception. Against the Panthers, 48 yards rushing, four for four, 81 yards receiving, 20, 20 yards per reception. That was obviously the game that Odell throws him the touchdown throw. Against the Falcons, 10 targets, nine receptions, a little over five and a half yards a reception. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that that all of these plays are, are world-beating plays. My point is the Giants understand the style of offense they are. And I think without Odell and bringing the offense a little bit more between the tackles and working out rather than rather than having the pass set up the run, it's the run setting up the pass. It's going back to back to old, old fundamentals. And I think that benefits this team. That's how they've built this team. It's how it's how it, it, that's how Ghetto has been trying to build teams since he arrived. It just took a little bit of time. I understand your argument. And it's a good argument. And it's not something that can be, you know, that can be proved wrong necessarily because Saquon Barkley is such a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands. However, you would like to see this year Saquon Barkley get the ball in the receiving game that isn't just centered around checkdowns. Like that that's that's an ask that I mean I think all Giants fans are asking for. Um particularly I'm thinking of the Houston Texans game where that game, not game saving, yep. but a game, um, game ceiling catch that he had one on one on the outside with about three minutes to go, and it led the Giants scoring the game winning touchdown that eventually did seal that game. I'm thinking, you know, lining him up as a wide receiver, I would like that because basically Saquon Barkley one on one is a problem as a wide receiver. He is. He's one on one. If it's a problem for especially a linebacker because they can't keep up with them, it's a problem even with the with the cornerback because you're not really taking him seriously and you're not putting your number one or your number two guy. If there are two other wide receivers on the field, you're not going to put your number one or number two guy cornerback on Saquon Barkley. So it's a problem. And that's, and you saw it and you saw it in that Houston Texans game when they lined him up as a wide receiver. I would like to see that. I would just like to see more route, like more of the route tree run for Saquon Barkley from the backfield. Like that is, that is my ask. I completely agree, and I, I can't stress this enough. Saquon was fantastic last year. Solidified himself as the best running back in the NFL with an offensive line that was inconsistent. Let's go with inconsistent at best. But also didn't even best. have an identity. You didn't know, but you also didn't know who was going to play one week, who was going to play another week. Is John Greco going to start at center? Spencer right. Pulley came in eventually, and they, you know, he was away from he went away from guard, and he was a center. And you have Jermon Brown coming in halfway through. We have these questions about Chad Wheeler. And, oh, you know, we're just going to take Chad Wheeler because anything is better than Eric Flowers. So we it's been a while since we've talked about identity 
But all last season, we were just talking about how the team didn't even have an identity. The team didn't have an identity. And with the help of what I feel is going to be passing out of running formations more often, and we've talked about this all summer, passing out of running formations more often, play utilizing play action, Absolutely. making Saquon Barkley a weapon when he even though even when he's not even touching the ball, that is this team's identity, and we actually have that now. And, and, and you know, these days, everything turns into talking about Daniel Jones. Everybody's talking about, you know, people still want to find reason to pick on Daniel Jones and his performance in the preseason. And you still get the, oh, well, it's still only against backups at best. He really hasn't faced any starters. Well, that goes the other way too, right? So when Daniel Jones is under center, he never had Saquon Barkley behind him. He never had anybody but Paul Perkins, Rod Smith, but not even too much Wayne Gallman. It was mostly Perkins, Perkins and and Rod Smith. Think about the difference that the, the the different identity the entire offense takes over with Saquon Barkley on the field. It opens up a lot of different things, things that weren't there initially. And to your point about how you want to see a little more of maybe the route tree from Saquon, I think the issue that the Giants faced last year with getting Saquon those kinds of looks, a lot of the route tree for a running back requires a good amount of time. Right. They're relatively slow developing plays. You think of wheel routes, you think of things that that rely on timing, but also rely on time in the pocket. And I think that's something Eli had. So you really couldn't be too creative with him because it, they just take too long to develop. He's probably he he's capable of beating his man. And you have to imagine Pat Shermer is, is understanding of that. He's well aware that that Barkley can beat just about anybody they put on him. Something that I really enjoyed from last year, David, um, this is a way to substitute screen passes. And I think you saw the Giants do this somewhat often. I was watching, I was watching some tape on Saquon, is swing passes. So like screen passes take a long time to develop, but those swing passes where you actually see a guard and a center actually running out, like they're running parallel mm -hmm. to the line of scrimmage so they don't get flagged for running down the field. And then once Saquon Barkley catches the ball, now again, Saquon Barkley is running parallel to Eli Manning. Like he is running. It's not like there's a hesitation move. It is a, you know, it is, you know, you're running parallel to Eli. Eli dumps the ball off and then Saquon is able to follow the center and the guard that is almost, you know, it almost looks like they're pulling, but they're not pulling in a run play. Even though it could be seen as a check down, David, I like that play design because it gets Saquon Barkley, number one, it gets him in space. And number two, it gets him where he can follow some sort of blockers. Yeah. And when he has those blockers in front of him, if they can even just get in front of bodies, they don't even need to block anybody. He can make plays and make people miss with his elusive abilities. So that's that's like an example where even though it is a dump off, it's quote, quote unquote dump off. It's still a play design. Every every way the guy runs puts different kinds of pressure on a defense and, and and you never know when when is going when one is going to break. We've talked about this throughout the preseason. There are multiple plays this preseason you look at and you think to yourself Saquon's breaking that off for 30. He's breaking it off for a touchdown. The the hole is there. Perkins doesn't see it. Smith maybe sees it but can't right. hit it. Saquon will see it, he'll hit it and it's over. One of the main observations I made from my 2018 rewatching every single offensive snap is the approach that Saquon Barkley had pre-bye week and post-bye week. And this was actually one of his main critiques coming out of college, where he had a very much east-west home run approach. 
He was going for the home run. He was looking to break run off, break some runs off and not necessarily just taking what's in front of him, always searching for the home run. Now, there are some analytics and there are some stats that really that really back up why, you know, why Saquon should still have this approach and I'm going to find them. Saquon Barkley gained 706 rushing yards on the 20 carries he took 15 plus yards in 2018. Pro Football Focus has a metric and it charts it at and they charts these yards as breakaway yards. Now they give Barkley a league leading 54.4 breakaway percentage. So he's the best in the league. He he is the best home run option that the Giants have on their team. And he is one of the best home run options in the league as a running back. As a as a running back, he is one of the best, you know, going for the home run options. Big play. You know, you look at that Jacksonville game. You know, the way that the yeah, Giants yeah. were able to get themselves back into that Jacksonville Jaguars game was by Saquon Barkley's first game in the NFL. He's able to break off, what was that, a 70, a 70-something yard run? Neither neither here nor there, David. He, he had that east-west approach the first half of the season, which he still was very good. But if you want to talk about his second half of the season where he really, really broke out and you really, really saw very, very smart plays by Saquon, and lo and behold, the offense started to move a little bit better as well. You saw his pro football focus grade in the months of like, you know, early November at like 75, that 75 range. But then even as the year ended, he was up at 85. And that's no coincidence that he was taking what was available and what was in front of him more often than he did the first half of the season. And to make one more point on that, and and that was was largely talked about. Um, The media had enjoyed talking about that a lot, how Shermer kind of challenged him to be more of a gritty runner, find the hole, hit the hole, four yards to carry is not a bad thing. He's good enough that you know everybody in the stadium knows at one point he's going to break something. But I think what's also important to note is Saquon Barkley for all this ability. You know, as we're talking about all of his breakaway ability, and he's you get him in space and get him creative looks. Saquon Barkley is a very very strong man. He's a very strong man. He's a he's he's thick. He is he's the kind of guy that nobody on defense wants to tackle. David, he's two hundred thirty three pounds. Exactly, and and I think because we watch, you know, you think about that play against Jacksonville, where really he just put on the afterburners and he was out. You think about the play against the Eagles, the the home game against the Eagles, that that insane screen pass that he took like six, I think six tackles on it. You think about elusiveness. You're thinking about speed. You're thinking about just pure field speed. This guy's a truck. He's thick. He's not an easy person to take to the ground. So another, you know, thing that we don't that we ignore. When talking about Saquon, really talking about a lot of running backs, but talking about Saquon, Saquon's ability to keep himself out of out of big hits. He doesn't really take any hits that that can get him hurt. He doesn't take any hits that can can affect his ability to continue running the ball. Doesn't affect his longevity. I, I don't remember what game it was, but it was towards the end of the year, and I remember the announcer talking about how he has never seen Saquon Barkley take a big hit. He somehow always manages to get himself out of situations that are about to potentially hurt him. He doesn't take any any of those bell ringing hits. He doesn't take any, you know, nasty hits to the lower body. He's good at knowing when to run out of bounds. He's no he's good at knowing when to for his body's sake give up on a play. And that's invaluable to 
for a, for a guy who means this much to his football team, you know, we we focus so much on again the value of a running back. They break down quickly. They they the longevity just isn't there. So far in Saquon's career, for a guy who runs so aggressively and runs with so much abandon, he manages to also run very safely for his body, for his health. And I don't mean this jokingly. I, I mean this quite literally. I think that alone means this year and in future seasons, that means elevated win totals for the Giants. It's very simple. The health of Saquon Barkley and his ability to maintain his body the way it is, is huge. It, it means wins. That's a great point. Great point. I think we're going to leave it there, David. Okay. I think we're going to leave it there. Uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, in terms of his projections for his 2019 season, he's going to be good. He's going to be very good. He's going to be great. Better than Ezekiel Elliott. Does he have more rushing yards than 1,300? Uh, I think, honestly, this, it will be a little bit of the Elliott effect. Um, he, you know, he had... 260 attempts, 61 attempts last season. I think he will not have seven games under 50 yards. Therefore, the attempts will continue coming. I think they'll be playing in closer football games this year. I think they'll be playing with a lead every once in a while. I think all of that will elevate the rushing yards. I would say, and you know, I get it. This is a, when you start getting, you know, over 1400 rushing yards for a running back, that's getting kind of like ridiculous for a projection. but. In my opinion, Saquon Barkley, the last the last player we saw like Saquon was Adrian Peterson in his prime. And I don't think if anybody predicted a 1,400, 1,500-yard rushing, yard rushing season for AP at any one point, anybody would have said, yeah, it's a little high. So I would say Saquon is somewhere in the 1,450 to 1,500 range. Wow. Wow. Holy shit. Well, I think he's, gonna, I think he's also going to have probably about 300 carries. No, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. This team knows so. their identity, and their their identity no, is Saquon Barkley. David, this simple. is still a passing league. I don't think he. I don't think he gets up to three hundred rushing attempts. I don't give a shit, Justin. If it's a passing league, I don't care. So what do you see? What do you see? I mean, I definitely could see more than thirteen hundred, but also I can also the like you would think that per his average carries per game sixteen. You would think, oh, I feel like Saquon at least maybe had eighteen, nineteen, twenty. So I definitely feel like that may go up by two carries a game. But I don't think it's going to be like fourteen fifty. I mean, he may he may get fourteen hundred yards. It's not going to be like fourteen fifty, fifteen hundred. Uh, I think he's going to get less receptions. I hope he gets less targets and receptions, just because, right. like, we don't need a running back getting ninety catches. We we don't unless we're going to use him like a Todd Gurley, like a Christian McCaffrey, where we are actually putting him in space. We don't need that. Doesn't mean that I want him to get fifty. He's definitely going to have more than fifty. 60, 70 catches, which is fantastic as a running back, but 90 is just a bit excessive. You want a wide receiver catching 90 balls. You want a wide receiver catching 90 balls for an average of at least 9, 10 yards per reception. <laughs> you don't want a running back catching the ball 90 times for an average of, you know, um, seven yards. So that's not what you want. So I hope the targets and the receptions go down a little bit. Um, but I guarantee you, if the targets go down, yeah. The carries are going up. Well, okay, fair. fair. Because be, again, I because I don't think you know if you look at just total touches, the only player that's going to touch the ball more than Saquon is, is Eli or or Daniel Jones. All right, so Saquon Barkley is going to be good. He's going to be great. 
Um, and there's nothing really. We try to we try to say a lot more words rather than he's going to be good and rather he's going to be great. So I hope you enjoyed. We are uh, finalizing the previewing the Giants series this week. We have an actual football game to be played this Sunday. We will be out with our regular episode recapping the Patriots game and also reacting to the final 53-man roster. That will be Tuesday. That will be tomorrow. So peace out. Keep on bleeding blue. And David. Uh, Zeke, Nass hat, everybody but him. Stay beautiful. Zing.